Dullness? Yes. Mm. And that the missing of the fire, fire for freedom, fire for um, truth. It's like a, some kind of shield. Very great. And I so choose to to not go with that. And But it, it persists. And I don't know if, if um, what the right attitude is, if it's to ignore it or, or, to, uh, or, or to fight. It's best to it's best to um, ignore. Don't, well, it depends what you mean by ignore, because ignore can also be a fight. You know? Ignore is not necessarily just a sort of passive thing where you just well, I just ignore it or something. Ignoring can be the outcome of a kind of a determination, a reminding of what is important for you, and not to take these moods so seriously. Also, in themselves, they are nothing at all. You know, the things they come. Sometimes I say. In the beginning, or originally, all the thoughts they are equal in nothingness or weightlessness. But it's just what they come to represent for you, and you make them to be something, and then somehow they can grow in the concept that you that you present them as like that. And also sometimes. Uh, here also, sometimes some things. I'm not used to this um, life of busyness or something, for instance. Because this morning I was walked down with Raj. We were looking at his place and we got talking a bit. And he says, I still have some resistances come up here and uh, I feel really challenged, feel that. Some resistance is calm, and uh, I feel really tested, sort of being being here. I said, "Well, we are tested by what, you know?" And uh, he said, "Well, because there's still sometimes in me this sort of like some old conditioning that my life could be more like this, you know, and uh, like these thoughts come and uh, like this, and uh, but I know that they are nothing because I see." That when I'm here, that it is my chance for freedom, but my mind also comes up with other things and brings other things into it. So I know it's not true. And I find myself saying, "Well, you don't entertain. You must be really clear inside that you don't entertain or give space." Because sometimes inside we're thinking, oh, you know, but now I. What he was saying is that sometimes my life is really 
Like this is a time now after a meal, I would go for a walk or I would sit down. I would like to listen to the birds, and you have you have a kind of picture in your mind of what your life should be like. And I said, right, right now, that's not the life you're living, and it's it's up to you to really register that that's a lesser life or a better life than what had before. But your mind will keep on bringing up images to to give you another option. And I remember for myself also, there was a time I could say that. I had nothing to do in a day. I had nothing to do in a day. I would just move completely freely in my own town, go anywhere, and I'd know how to speak to anybody about satsang or anything. In fact, I saw very few people at one stage in my life. No? And now all these so many things that we are thinking about each day, so many things. And can you stay as yourself in all of this? Of course, I'm not staying as myself. I'm not staying as myself. Sometimes that's not where the effort is made. The effort is made just to kind of just not give too much energy to the things which you know are not the self. And somewhere inside that you can do what you have to do. Attend to what you have to attend to. And don't let don't make things up to be more important than they are. It's just this. And it is the swiftest treatment or medicine for everything. Because it can seem when you're in the state of mind that you have the world on top of your head. But in the instant of seeing, there's nothing there at all. There's nothing at all. Sometimes I say, you choose. You choose. Either to give attention to some thoughts that seem like they are so important, you know, I don't know what am I going to do and it's just so strong in my mind. I say right there you're manufacturing your mind. You're making the mind into something. My mind is so big, it's so strong, I don't know what to do and and, and all of this. And in a few moments that wind has passed and it's nothing. So just keep quiet. If you see that something is drawing your attention in a certain way, then take note of it and try as next time to be more alert about something and put your attention there. But none of these things is a category for you. None of these things is a categorization of you. It is just a mood. It's just a fleeting thing. And don't see it to be more than that. Because the more we give so much importance to these things, then they seem like they are something, and then now you have to embark on some mission, some big sadhana to change, something which doesn't even exist. Hmm? <laughs> Sometimes in your life you find like also you get to maybe my age or something and then you know the machine is not functioning so well a little bit you know you don't know one day you may sneeze and your nose fall off i don't know but inside here there's something that is so untouched about it and so many things are happening together see no oh, this and so on and this going to and these people are coming and what's going to do and and a sweet remembering just washes all that away I think this is really the the beauty of reminding, reminding, being reminded. More than the sadhana for change, the beauty for reminding. And you're reminded of what you what you already know, where you've already seen, you've seen from here, and you know yourself from this place. And but somehow, like a spell, a deep ancient spell, come, and your attention is carried away. 
there is a time when we have very little resistance against these forces. But once you have cracked the code of what gives energy and power to the mind, then this this play of being reminded becomes much more swift. More quickly, you again can disengage somehow from that. You know, and even if for a while you're engaged in that, so what? At a certain point, I say, okay, it happens like this. But sometimes I say, pay more attention to this. Another time, I don't know. Where I'm trying to get you to 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 recognize, when I say, I said something like, I am before the idea that I could forget myself or that I needed to remember myself was learnt inside me. That thing. Because there's going to come a time when even forgetting yourself and remembering yourself means nothing at all. Just like you never forget your name nor even remember your name. Once it's been somehow settled inside, it's not a remembering or a forgetting. It is there. And in an instant, even though your attention has been on other things, in an instant, in somebody whispers, immediately the response is there. There is not even time to remember. It is just so swift. Then I say, how much more effort will it require to remember that you are consciousness, when the very functioning of remembering and forgetting are just functions of the mind that draw their support from the consciousness, which never changes? <laughs> One time that understanding really dawns inside the heart, and these ideas of forgetting myself, being carried away from myself, those days will be over for you. In the meantime, while we carry somehow the fragrance of being a particular person, and we have to do this thing, and I have to change, and I have to make more effort, and so on, and we have to keep talking like that for as long as the serum is inside the body, for as long as that spell is inside the being, then life has to keep relating to you like you are the person you believe yourself to be. But at a certain point, your understanding comes home and remains home like this. So I don't want to encourage, oh, you know, oh, you should, you should, you should. Just call you back to the place that you never can leave, really, to be conscious about it. And in the light of that, in the face of that, everything becomes secondary. Everything becomes a secondary, a more distant thing. Because the greatest they can get is to be intimate. They cannot be one with you. Your troubles can only become intimate, but they can never be one with you. So sometimes it just plays in the field of the body-mind. Some moods may come. Some waves may come, and you are not to panic. Some moods, like I say, some days you get up and uh, you just keep breaking dishes. Everything you touch, you break. <laughs> and even you try to be old, and somebody, ha ha, somebody will break it. And what are you going to do? Oh, my life is over. I mean, say, okay, it seems like it's something is playing like this. Or you keep getting into fights. Every little thing is a little fight, a little. Ah. <laughs> but 
I don't feel these things are anything. More than trying to find a cure for them, keep quiet. Sometimes it's like there's a ghost who is afraid of other ghosts, and uh, neither exists. It is not easy to say things like this because they're not easy to assimilate. Hmm? So I don't take it flippantly. I don't want to say so. Yes, yes. Because if you have not understood something in your heart, then your mind just takes all of it. That's it. Just goes to the mind. Mind says, "I'll have that," and it will save it up for another moment, an opportune moment, to release that garbage. So I rather speak, and only I can speak because somebody must hear this in the right way. Otherwise, it's not spoken. Everybody knows that at some point you could be the most energetic person, but at some point you have no energy. Who are you going to complain to? You have no energy. You used to climb ten trees a day. Now you cannot even put on your underpants. You have no energy. Who are you going to complain to? Then you're just going to have to just relax with that and just say, you know, it's that kind of morning. Why are you going to fight? Oh, I want to buy some energy pills. I want to do some Reiki. I said, no, don't just lie down in your bed. Keep quiet and learn the language of the vital force. Learn to understand the language, the energetic language of the vital force. Because this you is not in control of that. Maybe if anything of spirituality is of any value, is that it orients you, orientates your attention and mind to be sensitive enough to dance with life as one, to listen and to be sensitive and to to know when it's time to be quiet, or when it's time to speak, when it's time to, to move. And then at a certain point, the character that is doing it also vanish. Because the power that is blowing the wind is also making the trees grow and is also making the sun shine. And is also making the lungs breathe and the blood flow. It's also making you think and not think. It's making you dream, it's making you tired and energetic. It's responsible. The one source is doing all these things. It's responsible for cleaning up the kitchen. It is responsible for cleaning up the kitchen and, and reminding you to clean up the kitchen. <laughs> and zero tolerance. Making a mess in the kitchen. It's also making a mess in the kitchen. And in all of that, some are refining itself. I can see that I have no power over what thoughts come up. Like they just come up, they just arise, and they just go away. Like, as you many times say, I don't know what I'm going to be thinking in 10 minutes from now. Mm. And there has been clear moments that this is so evident. So I, I also wonder if I'm also 
then I must not be responsibly responsible either for, for the self-inquiry. Like self-inquiry also rises by itself and happens by itself. And so I don't know what I mean I'm like in between this doing and not doing thing, you know, like and every time that I try to find myself I find nothing. Every time that I that I that I find I try to it's just nothing, always nothing, 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 and, and, and there's a lot of, uh, when this moment arises, um, it's not that I'm trying to do something, but also something was to drop that very fast, <laughs> like it's burning thing, and, and, but I'm also I'm okay with it at the same time. Mm. So, so I don't know what, like, what to do in terms of is it a, how what, letting go letting go who, who's doing all of these things <laughs> and do I have like do I have to worry about something and you have the power to inquire into yourself do I you do yes okay something inside your being must be attracting this force stimulating or giving cause to the rising up of this force, this attraction, to find out who you are. Otherwise, it will not come to you. There are seven billion human beings walking on the face of the planet. And how many are mm, somehow attracted to this type of thing, in search of the truth and so on? I don't know how many. I don't have figures for these things. But I don't think so, so many. Where did it spring from? Where does this arousal come from? Where does this interest, interest come from? Nobody can say, well, you know, actually I thought of it five years ago and I wish I would really feel like this and now it's coming to fruition. It may play even like that, I don't know. But something inside that is particular to the expression of consciousness in this body has brought that moment and that attraction inside you. So it's time for the sprouting of that. And there is something... Well, it 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 began to bring in this some urge to question who you are. Otherwise, you would not be doing it. There are many people <coughs> practicing spirituality of one from another, and many of them are not asking questions like "Who am I?" You understand? Not every form of spirituality is asking "Who is the one who is spiritual?" Even but there is a place at which I am not even asking this question. Mm. So there is a place where I'm even observing the, the inquiry itself. Mm. So well, who are you who is observing the inquiry? You need to inquire into that. And it happens in that place that... Um, no, experience it. Don't, don't talk only about it. You do it, you know. If somehow you say, but uh, what am I to do? Because, I mean, what can I do? And I say, now I put another question, find out who you are, like this. It's because it has happened here, so I can tell you, it has to happen there. When you find out and something comes totally to rest, where this question, the fire of this question goes out now, because it has been satisfied now. Otherwise, you stay in an assumption about yourself. 
you keep the sense of yourself that says, you know, what am I to do? Because even inquiry, I'm not capable of producing the inquiry. I said, good, but who are you? Who is capable or not capable? Okay, but let me clarify something. Mm-hmm. Once I'm there, if I keep on trying to find something, I won't find anything. Nothing better than not, it's not an object. Although I'm there, although I'm... Even if you find nothing, that is a finding. Mm-hmm. And just be present in that non-finding discovery. So by knowing... Somehow, when you're, when the urge inside you to discover has been satisfied or exhausted, you will come to another stage, and you will know energetically inside that this is a satisfaction is here. I'm not able to pursue any more question, and you have a sense that when you say I, what opens up from I? What is this I? You will have that sense. You see, it will not be yes, okay. What am I going to do now? Which is the perpetuation of this sense of I that has not resolved itself yet. It is still somehow a driving force. It wants to go somewhere. Well, there is the reality which doesn't want to go anywhere. It has nowhere to go. It doesn't have anywhere where it is not to then a desire to arise to go somewhere. Why would you want to go somewhere when it is everywhere? You see. But we don't want to say these things only, and let the mind take them, because that is not knowledge for me. You see. So if you take even one little thing, and go fully into that thing, so it is transformed from merely intellectual understanding, that somehow it becomes an awakening, it becomes a revelation, it becomes an insight for you. This is a much more profound experience than merely learning something. It is looking in somehow like a kind of mirror, and a mirror within your own self. And what you find here cannot be reflected in the mirror. This is it. It is not a face you will find. Because ultimately you are not a face. You are going to find something. I say this word, you are going to find something, but you are not going to find something. You are going to find nothing somehow. But in that finding of nothing, don't let I don't I should not have even said that, because I prefer that you tell me. Because when you have done it somehow, you'll be speaking from there and from there as that itself, and not just as a concept about that. When I say nothing, maybe it's a different feeling from when you say nothing. If you still feel yourself to be something, then your nothing is not nothing. It's a mixed nothing. I have the sense that you are searching for some ultimate state of rest. We can use the word rest for now. That is a state of rest. The highest is subtler than even the state of rest. It is not resting, because it is never tired. So it doesn't need rest. It just is. and. The mechanism of its expression as a person, or as the beingness, that somehow comes to rest, and rest in that, which is beyond rest. As I speak right now, when I speak like this, the words are coming from the truth of that. When you have found this, 
the mind will not have any ambition that has any power to raise attention in that way. It's very easy to come and to somehow discern and just to see when you're still speaking from this place. Say, what can I do? You know, I've done, I've done this, I've done that. I see that wherever I've done this, this is what happens. So everywhere I turn, it's always the same thing. I find nothing. Who are you who find nothing? Then you say, well, you know, I must be. No, no, don't speculate. Find out. Who finds nothing? Is it a something that finds nothing? Then you have to go there to answer this question. You cannot speak from the mind. You cannot answer the question from your mind, because the, the mind's way of answering is very well known here. You have to go there and answer this question, into that and answer this question. And it's no, no distance. I am tempted to say that our ordinary state, normal state, is a state of emptiness. But I don't know if this is how it is experienced, you see. Hmm? Then we say, in between two thoughts, that is here. I said, in between two thoughts, that is here, and during the thought, that is also here, unchanged. Maybe in between two thoughts, you say, okay, what is in between two thoughts? Let me get in between two thoughts now and see what is there in between two thoughts. The perceiver of thought. So, in the break between thoughts, what is there? Is it something that you see or that which you are? Then, if if you are, then during the thought, what are you? Any different? Who watches thought arising, and who watches no thought arising? All these questions they are immediate. They can be answered now. I ask again, what is the location of that that is capable of perceiving outside and inside? Where is the place of that? Now, what is the shape of that? What is the name of that? What is the size of that? What is the design of that? What is the concept of that? What is the religion of that? What is the gender of that? And don't make things up with your mind. We have already made up the whole world with the mind. We are making it up. We are not sure what is the earth and what is the world. It's a different thing. The earth and the world is a different thing. There is the earth. But you decorate it, we decorate it with our conditioning, desire, judgments. Hmm? And it becomes your world. And every world is different. In each body, unique world, unique picturing of a world is happening inside the mind. How are our worlds going to meet? Can I live in your world? Can you live in my world? Would you be happy in my world? We each think that everybody would be happy in their world, in your world. That everybody's world is a tight place full of likes and dislikes. The earth is not like that. There is an innocence there. 
But our world eyes are so polluted, you cannot even see the earth. So to see, you have to be entirely empty. It's almost like the senses and the mind they are like the same thing. There is not need really to interpret, but sometimes consciousness also is. It is interpreting. It is playing everything. If you want to find the culprit of everything, you put the finger at consciousness. If you want to find the god of everything, put the finger at consciousness. Because all our troubles, all that you call your life, all that you call your future and your past and your relatives, all of this is the content of the waking state. And we don't just live in the waking state. Your dream also you have. Deep sleep you have. Waking state. But the whole world, the world that we see, is the waking state. Our treasures, the waking state. Our pains and problems, the waking state. Our friends and relatives, the waking state. Your religion, the waking state. Your status, the waking state. The wise and the foolish, the waking state. The heavens and the hells, the waking state. And the phenomena, uh, the phenomenon of dream and waking and deep sleep. There's a great lesson in them, because it shows you that there's a continuity, hmm, a thread that passes through all these states, that they are revolving somehow. They are revolving. There's something that's not revolving, that is consistent throughout all the changeful states. But this is not an easy thing to grasp. Where is that thing? To whom does it belong? What is greater, that which we are intuitively pointing at and to and from, actually, or the person who is trying to get there? What is the truth? That which presently functions as maybe the highest concept we have, the supreme, the ultimate. But in saying this, somehow there is a distance created, that there is a there's a ground to cover, there's some practice to do, something to put it there. And more reality is imparted to the idea we have of ourselves as the journeyer who is moving towards that. More attention is given, more respect is given, more energy, more belief is put into the notion of the person who is trying to get to that. So which is more real here? That or the one trying to get to that? That is my question. If that remains your concept about that, or you are that beyond the saying of that, then the person trying to get to that will be seen as notional, that it is only an idea, a very powerful idea formed by consciousness, when consciousness paints a portrait of itself as a person or as a human being. And that would be seen. But the weight, the weight and the power will not be in that. It will be in this. It will not be in the person. And presently it's in the it's on the side of the person. The spiritual person, the seeking person or whatever, you see. How to get out of that? That's the big question. How are you in that? If you can see that, 
if you can see the person, if you're aware of the person and say, oh yeah, but I tried and I was doing meditations last year and I was really content and I had this experience and so that is memory. That is being watched. Find out what watches that. Yeah, but now, okay, forget about the memory, but now I'm here and, and it really matters to me that I find this. Okay, now you're the present one now, but that is also watched. Find out from where is it watched and by what is it watched. Another person or what? Is it simple? Any of these questions I'm asking you, if you hold to them and plunge right there, tie a big stone called faith around your waist and jump right there into the water. You don't have to keep going different holes, different wells, different beaches. Right there you do. And you are bound to find something. You are bound to find something or find out something. This is why I don't want you to ask too many questions. Ask the right question, the risk question. Don't ask your B question or your C question. Ask your A question. Everybody's asking the B, C, D questions, and always you keep out of it. But who are you even who is asking the question? And these things, which are fundamental and so simple, what I'm asking, they seem like riddles to us. Why riddles? We put more faith in the apparent one who is searching for the apparent thing. But that which watches appearances, nobody looks there. So I said, we are playing a game, we are cheating also in the game. Because you say, I want this thing, I want it, I want it. I say, okay, let's go and find out now. You see, who wants it? That which wants it, can it be seen or not? You look, uh, <coughs> oh, the wanting is there, but the one who wants, I can't find. Oh, yeah, okay. The one is. Then what is finding that? What is discovering that the one who wants that thing cannot be found, but the wanting still remains. Then for whom is the wanting? So then, but if the one cannot be found, somebody goes into a restaurant, somebody says, can I have some fish and chips? The fish and chips come, but where's the person? Nobody's there. Then you say, but okay, the fish and chips are ready, the hunger is there, but where's the person who is hungry? Nobody's there. And how can it be there then? How can the hunger be there if there's nobody there to feel hungry? And still there seems to be a hunger there, but the person who is hungry we can't find. Then I ask the second question, who is making this discovery then? That the hungry one, the hungry mouth we cannot find. Well, what is making this discovery? Is that one hungry? No, that one is not hungry. Then what am I going to do with my fish and chips? <laughs> Who is going to eat my fish and chips? Well, this type of question, this type of discovery, it must satisfy. Satisfy mean it brings you to silence again. This is what I understand satisfaction is. It brings back silence again. It brings in contentment. It takes out the noise, the agitation of desire that is unfulfilled. Isn't it? Some 
energetic noise, you can say, it can be in the body. It doesn't have to mean, oh, I'm not free, I'm not completely free, because there's still some energetic, there's still some kind of tension here. And who says you're not free? Is you saying, well, because as long as that is there, I'm not quite free, because when I'm free, nothing is there. In some way, but that is nothing. Oh, okay. Well, I think I'm free then. <laughs> so if like this you are able to experience the senses, the humming, the humming of the functioning of the manifest. The noise, the subtlest noise of the senses of the blood moving in your body, the surprising, the sound of your breath, the pulse in your ears, the flowing of thought, the noise of attention all of this is in front of you. Headache, some old memories, the sense of being disturbed. If you can't bear these things, and still know, but I am still the same one. And then you are still on the ground, flapping your wings. And the only way we feel we cannot bear that is because you give too much importance to their meaning. You give rise to a meaning which is not true. Sometimes life needs to give intense experiences, painful, intense experience, to to shift you out of your stuckness. You see, and reading books, talking to friends, meditating sometimes doesn't help you, because still super glue and you won't move sometimes something breaks something open otherwise it's like learning about the world from tv your mind will give you that version learning about the world becoming an expert about the world through watching television no what's going on nothing 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 Jai Ram, Jai Ram, Jai Jai Ram.